Welcome to the Ethos Forum podcast, an exploration of leadership in higher education and research. I'm speaking with Professor Paul Goff, new Vice-Chancellor, Arts University, Bournemouth. I spoke to Paul in his final week as Pro-Vice-Chancellor and Vice-President at RMIT University in Melbourne. We pick up this conversation when I ask Paul about his take on values and leadership. I said I wanted to come back to this idea of values, um, Paul, because you often talk about the importance of values in leadership, but more importantly, you talk about the matching of behaviours to values. Mm. Would you like to explain that a bit more? I was very impressed when I first arrived at this university and when the new Vice-Chancellor came along, we spent a lot of time talking about a values-based environment. We also talked about making sure that they just weren't parked at the top shelf, that they were something that we looked at regularly, that you could finish any meeting, including our discussion now, and say, have we been true to the values of the organisation? And do we really understand what that means? And if not, why not? You know, values, Paul, can be a bit glib sometimes. They can. The appraisals I'm doing at the moment of my top team, there have been behaviours, there have been um, attitudes that I think are at odds and are with those values and a good leader should be able to call people up on those, even oneself and say, I'm sorry, you know, I have the humility to say, I think I got that wrong. I think I transgressed against our values of imagination or agility or sincerity or authenticity, all the, the powerful values. I think the other thing is, Mark, is to make sure when you have the big conversation in your organisation, and it can be a small organisation, a large one, is you reinterrogate what those values mean. That I've seen literature recently which looks at the 50 or 60 or 70 words that you might really want to kind of think about as being the six that epitomise your part of the organisation, but really interrogate them and understand them and don't just pick some glib words and say, oh, of course we have courage, of course we're authentic. Really? Let's test it. What are the stress tests when you are under stress and you default back to something habitual? How can you know you go back into those and say, look, they weren't just big words. We are learning these, we are meaning these as behaviours. And if you get it wrong, have the bigness to be able to say, you know what, I got it wrong then, and I wasn't being true to the values. You talk about powerful values, Paul. Are there some that resonate with you a lot at this time in your career that are important for within higher education? Gosh. I think one thing that came out recently when we did a huge amount of work at, in, in the college at RMIT around um, academic road mapping. So I asked all of the... The, the college really to take on board that the beating heart of the college was around its academic disciplines. We had about 30, 35 of them, but we didn't interrogate them in a particular way that I felt gave us the map to the future. And so we built an 18-month programme whereby we empowered the small groups of staff around programmes, around the disciplines, using the lens of industry to say, what is the future for these academic disciplines going forward? Not just in terms of product and programs, but also in terms of the research with impact, the resources they need to see us into a three to five year future. It's been a tremendous process and really important in terms of staff owning the idea of their future in relationship to its application in, in industry and, uh, and research. But the, the interesting remark that came out is big words that people really wanted to make sure were in their disciplines. And one of them was really about ethics, mm. one of them was about integrity, one of them was about alignment with the big agendas facing the, the globe at the moment, whether that's climate change, whether that's behaviours, whether that's sustainable development goals. I was really knocked out by that, that it wasn't just about, yeah, my, my communication and design degree is going to be this, or my discipline in social work is going to be that. It was big 
underlying pressured headings around the global challenges that face us today. And I think universities facing into that space aligned with their values is very powerful. And that takes us into this idea of the impact of one's research. Mm. And, and if you're at a university which is seeking to have an orientation towards, mm. towards industry and a global impact or impact on global challenges, indeed we're seeing a shift in a lot of higher education which is moving from the, the traditional mantra of publish or perish to partner mm. or perish. Partnerships seem to be a critical part of higher education leadership today and facilitating yeah, those partnerships. Without a doubt, I mean, I branded, with the support of the staff, and it emerged from the DNA of, of this particular college that we were a partnership college, that when I work with the amazing companies, the cultural industries, or the social care industries, or um, construction, or architecture, across the whole range of, of 23 disciplines we have in the college, that we're often as strong as the partners we formed and I can spend five nights a week and days as well out with those partners and those collaborators where you are not just getting the kind of the halo effect, but you are working with, let's say, the National Gallery of Victoria or Lend Lease or VCOS, these major organisations, because we know that them plus us equals more than this, this, the separate parts. Two plus two can equal five. Um, and I always say that there's a kind of a, an equation that if we have the quality here, which we do have, here in RMIT, and we can make ourselves relevant, then you end up with strong impact. So quality plus relevance equals impact. And that seems to me one of the roles for a public university. And the other one that interests me is, is how university had three parts to its, um, its activity, partnership activity. One is around the learning and teaching, and our partners in our students and our work integrated learning. The other one is the research with impact agenda which is clearly built on the fact that we work with industries, professions, businesses. And the third part of it, which is something I pioneered here, but it also done a lot in the UK, are cultural and public engagement. And so I did a lot of work in the last few years building a plan around making sure that everything we had here, whether it's galleries, archives, collections, libraries, public activities such as the Formula One work we do or the air show, were all about connecting the university to a wider public. And in a sense, I've had to do more of that in the UK, certainly, because a lot of pressure, value for money, post-GFC, what role, what difference are universities making in the, the larger UK PLC? In Australia, there's a sense of how do these universities face into the environment they're in, the regions they're in? How do they connect with their communities? How do they connect and make communities? They make, how can you make new audiences? We did a huge project which I led in the last two years, which was putting the Capital Theatre, one of the great theatres and cinemas in the world, back into the public domain. And that was a project we led, not just for the university, and for the college and for the students who are going to work there and partner with industry, but also for the larger community of, of users who have a fantastic memory of going to the Capital Theatre over the last 50 or 60 years. So for me, that was one of those interfaces between the university as a landowner, as an ideas owner, but also as someone spreading value across a domain much, much, much bigger than just the, the, the tens of thousands of students that we have at the university. Paul, I want to just ask a little bit more about the industry partners because it, there's mm. one thing for the industry or the, the, to connect with the university at, mm. a, at a high level, but a lot of industry partnerships with researchers are at a micro level of researcher to yeah. an industry. So the role of the research leader yeah. seems to be dual in that respect, making big connections 
for large strategic engagements with the university, but there are also some critical one-on-one sure. -on -one re researcher yeah. to industry yeah. relationships. So I think it's critical, especially for an applied or technical university such as ours here at RMIT or the one I was in Bristol before. I guess there are a number of issues there though around how universities see themselves in the world. Because often universities will just say, we have great people here, we supply knowledge. Uh, fine, so the knowledge goes out into the world and people have to find a use for it. The other way of thinking about it, what are the demand, what are the big concerns in the world that universities can fill the gap? So if you go back 10, 15 years, and I learned this from a previous Vice-Chancellor I worked with who was inspirational in this space, who talked about the shift that we're seeing over the last decade between knowledge transfer to knowledge exchange. The knowledge transfer was very much about uh, the, the, the scientist in the white coat in the lab producing something that ended up on the shelves of a chemist. Well, that's fine. That's a one-way transaction. But the dialogical nature of research and inquiry and end user means that actually you're in a knowledge exchange environment where industry, professionals, business, users will come to the university, you'll have a collaboration, a co-curation of that knowledge. Uh, those are difficult to manage but not impossible and certainly my experience of working in the UK and certainly here as well in Australia is that when you find the sweet spot that what is looked for in the television industry for instance or in social work or in uh, you know, a whole range of, of disciplines that we cover here, when what we have and what is needed come together around a common problem with a very specific exam question, what are we trying to do here, then you have that knowledge exchange moment, which is very pure and can be, um, uh, can shift the agenda 100%. So, knowledge exchange, also we have people talking about the movement from interdisciplinary work yeah, yeah. to disciplinary convergence mm -hmm. and you know are you seeing some of the the breakdown of some of the disciplines to solve some yeah. of these problems it's a great question because when we built the discipline strategy here what we could have done and i use the analogy um i put two two images up one was of um deep let's call it oil drilling which goes deep down into the subject which is fine and the discipline just goes deeper and deeper and deeper but actually a lot of mining actually works down vertically then goes sideways and connects. So we had to build a system whereby we recognised what the horizontals were mm. that connected disciplines. We don't work well across silos, so part of my job is to say let's knock down some of those uh, edges and walls, make them porous, create teams that can find why it is, let's say in the world of public arts, that you need project management skills, social media skills, professional communication skills, as well as a deep knowledge of the nature of urban space mm -hmm. and the artifact that you're going to create. So we're looking now at the kind of, and we are in the era, aren't we, Mark, of the hybrid. Mm -hmm. The hybrid is, is mm -hmm. whether it's hybrid between a bicycle and a moped, or the hybrid in terms of, you name it across mm -hmm. the world, we're in a hybrid space where universities have got to grapple with the very nature of transdisciplinarity to know where they can get the best knowledge, whether it's from a, someone working in biochemistry, or someone working in healthcare, or someone working in the, uh, in the plastic arts. And creating those kind of dream teams is part of my job and my team's job to choreograph that future. Even if it looks a bit uncomfortable and you're mixing a tango with a waltz, you come up with something quite unusual <laughs> and you've got to make the kind of the sense of it. Well, that concludes episode two of my discussion with Professor Paul Goff. In episode three, Paul gives some insight into the nature of very senior leadership roles and the critical role of nurturing new and emerging leaders.